Hi there, this is Omar Crook, host of Living with a Genius. I want to personally thank you for your financial support. Your donation helps keep this show chugging right along, and I truly couldn't do it without you. As always, thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time. Here's Living with a Genius for February 28th, 2021. It's the birthday of Canadian-American architect Frank Gehry, born on this day in 1929, Toronto, Canada. As a child, Gehry's creativity was encouraged by his grandmother, with whom he would build little cities out of scraps of wood from his grandpa's hardware store. She entertained him for hours, building imaginary houses and futuristic cities on the living room floor. Gehry's architectural use of corrugated steel, chain-link fencing, unpainted plywood, and other utilitarian or everyday materials was also inspired by spending Saturday mornings at his grandfather's hardware store, and would also spend hours drawing with his father while his mother introduced him to the world of art. So the creative genes were there, Gary says, but my father thought I was a dreamer. I wasn't going to amount to anything. It was my mother who thought I was just reticent to do things, and she would push me. In 1947, Gary's family immigrated from Canada to the United States, settling in California. Gary got a job driving a delivery truck and studied at Los Angeles City College, eventually graduating from the University of Southern California's School of Architecture. According to Gary, I was a truck driver in L.A. going to City College, and I tried radio announcing, which I wasn't very good at. I tried chemical engineering, which I wasn't very good at and didn't like. And then I remembered, you know, somehow I just started racking my brain about what do I like? Where was I? What made me excited? And I remembered art, that I loved going to museums and I loved looking at paintings, loved listening to music. Those things came from my mother, who took me to concerts and museums. I remembered grandma and the books and just on a hunch, I tried some architecture classes. In the fall of 1956, Gary moved his family to Cambridge, Massachusetts, where he studied city planning at the Harvard Graduate School of Design. He left before completing the program, disheartened and underwhelmed. Gary's left-wing ideas about socially responsible architecture were under-realized, and he finally left after sitting in on a discussion of a professor's secret project in progress, a palace that he was designing for the right-wing Cuban dictator, Batista. Gary then returned to Los Angeles to work at Victor Gruen and Associates, to whom he had been apprenticed while at the USC School of Architecture. And in 1957, Gary was given the chance to design and construct his first private residence at the age of 28 in Idlewild, California, for his wife, Anita's family neighbor, Melvin David. The David Cabin shows features that were to become synonymous with his later work. The strong Asian influences with protruding beams from the exterior sides, vertical grain Douglas fir details, and exposed unfinished ceiling beams were all to become part of Gary's vernacular. In 1962, Gary established a practice in Los Angeles, which would then become Frank Gary and Associates in 1967, and then Gary Partners in 2001. Gary's earliest commissions were all in Southern California, 
where he designed a number of innovative commercial structures, such as Santa Monica Place and residential buildings such as the eccentric Norton House in Venice, California. Among these works, however, Gary's most notable design may be the renovation of his own Santa Monica, California residence. Originally built in 1920 and purchased by Gary in 1977, the house features a metallic exterior wrapped around the original building that leaves many of the original details visible. In 1997, Gary vaulted to a new level of international acclaim when the Guggenheim Museum Bilbao opened in Bilbao, Spain. Hailed by the New Yorker as a masterpiece of the 20th century and legendary architect Philip Johnson, who called it the greatest building of our time, the museum became famous for its striking yet aesthetically pleasing design and the economic effect that it had on the city. Since then, Gary has regularly won major commissions and has further established himself as one of the world's most notable architects. His best-received works include several concert halls for classical music, such as the boisterous and curvaceous Walt Disney Concert Hall in downtown Los Angeles, which has been the centerpiece of the neighborhood's revitalization and has been labeled by the Los Angeles Times as the most effective answer to doubters, naysayers, and grumbling critics an American architect has ever produced. My hometown of Los Angeles has produced a large group of the most influential postmodern architects, including such notable Gary contemporaries as Eric Owen Moss and Pritzker Prize winner Tom Main of Morphosis, as well as being home to famous schools of architecture, including the Southern California Institute of Architecture, which was co-founded by Maine, UCLA, and USC, where Gary is a member of the Board of Directors. Architecture is a small piece of this human equation, but for those of us who practice it, we believe in its potential to make a difference, to enlighten and to enrich the human experience, to penetrate the barriers of misunderstanding and provide a beautiful context for life's drama. A quote from the iconic Los Angeles architect Frank Gehry, who turns 91 years young today. As many of you know, I sing with the Los Angeles Opera Company in downtown Los Angeles. My colleagues and I park at Disney Hall, and every night we make the walk from Disney Hall to the Dorothy Chandler Pavilion and back across the street toward the billowing metallic sails of the majestic tall ship that is Frank Gehry's masterpiece. And I'm constantly reminded how very proud I am to be an Angelino. Happy birthday, maestro. Thanks for listening. Be kind, do good work, and until next time.